Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our review of Pacific Rim Uprising with the boy Benny. Hello there. Once again, just you and me, bro. Yeah, man. We've got a movie to review. The sequel to 2013. All right, Pete Respect. <laughs> the sequel to 2013's Pacific Rim, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And this one, five years later, seems like a long time. Um... Pacific Rim 1 came out. We got a sequel. Mm. Um, and it uh, seems like Warner Brothers are trying to make this into a bit of a franchise. Yeah. Um, good luck. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, the fact that we got a sequel is amazing. It's yeah. only because the first one did so well in China. Yeah, right. Because um, remember, it was performing quite averagely. And then when it later released in China, it just did really Smashed well. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, I do remember that. Yeah. And that's why. And this this movie is clearly targeted a little towards 100%. that part of the world, which a lot of movies are nowadays. So. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad they uh, had a chance to expand it. Um, formerly, yeah. formerly known as uh, Pacific Rim Maelstrom. Yeah, I quite like that title. That's but cool. It's, yeah, it sounds like a metal album. Hell Maelstrom. Yeah, yeah awesome. It's yeah. so much better than Uprising. Yeah, yeah fucking Rising. And uh, well, they. I think they were worried people probably couldn't pronounce. Maelstrom. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, that's literally definitely what it was. But it was a ballsy title. I liked it. Yeah. Anyway, we got Uprising. Generic. Uh, directed by Stephen S. DeKnight, uh, feature film debut. Yeah. Um, he's worked on Spartacus, and he took over showrunning duties on Netflix's Daredevil from Drew Goddard after he left uh, unceremoniously. Um, so I think that's a pretty good pedigree. I've never watched Spartacus, but I thought this Daredevil season one was amazing. People love Spartacus. Yeah. Like, people are really into that. And he was he Deadpool season two? Uh, Deadpool. Um, uh, Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil season two. Was I saying Deadpool? I don't know. Um, I just had a massive brain fart there. <laughs> Too much Deadpool on the brain. Yeah. Um, season two, right? He took over. Or Drew Goddard dropped out. It, during oh. season one, he took over. During it, Drew Goddard worked on a lot of season one. Right. Stephen S. and I took over on it. Oh, okay, um, okay. I'm not okay. sure if he did season two or yeah, not. Okay, but, right. um, yeah. So, have we got a bit of a plot synopsis for this thing? Damn it, George. We can try. <laughs> Let's yeah. do this. Um, I, uh, I was concerned about the plot of this movie. I thought it was just literally going to be... Uh, the breach opens again. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's cool. So the world's moved on. It's 10 years later after the first one. Um, the world is uh, putting itself back together slowly but surely. Um, there's a lot of uh, Jaeger production still going on. A lot of people still are concerned that um, the monsters will be coming back, the kaiju, um, which I think is cool. It's kind of a cool place for the world to be in, that they're like, we solved this problem, but who knows? Um, and we, uh, we're mostly following, uh, Jake Pentecost, son of Stacker, Idris Elba, um, played by John Boyega using something closer to his actual accent, which is really nice to see. Um, and he's, he's, uh, estranged from his father. Um, very strange now that he's dead. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and from his sister, um, Marco Mori, played yep. by Rinko Kikuchi. Um, and he's kind of a, a he's like a, a criminal, essentially. He's stealing Jaeger parts and, just being a being a naughty boy, and um, yeah, we can get into spoilers a bit later. But basically, uh, you know, well, the driving thing is a, a bad Jaeger shows up. Yeah, so we get a bit of uh, Jaeger on Jaeger action. Yeah, um, and then there's a bit of a mystery. What's happening here? Yeah, shit goes real. Shit gets real. Yeah, yeah. I um, if we're going to just kind of outline what I was expecting going in, and mm. then. Uh, you know, top line opinion before we go into specifics. Mm. Um, I, I really was quite impressed with the last trailer. I remember sort of okay. being being like intrigued. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I, I was kind of pumped. Mm. You know, wasn't wasn't sort of like uh, Infinity War level pumped, mm. but you know, I was excited. And uh, I came out of Pacific Rim Uprising like very, very impressed. Um, definitely had some issues in there, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the more I thought about it, probably the more issues kind of ra- uh, you know reared their heads. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, uh, a really solid sequel, and, and got me has gotten me intrigued with where they're going to go with Pacific Rim as a franchise. If yeah. Um... Where were you on the first one? Because you're a big Del Toro fan, and that one was a little different for him, a bit of an outlier. So I chucked on about a little bit of it um, just briefly to just sort of refresh my memory. And mm. damn, man, if you compare the intros of Pacific Rim Uprising and uh, the original, mm. it's chalk and cheese. Like, it is so well done. Um, the original. In the original. Mm. Like, Guillermo Del Toro just has such a great grasp, that first sequence and mm. intro. Mm outlining the world it was just so well done yeah the, and, the scale of things in the first one was really really well handled yeah the 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 fights and the scale yeah. it's on another level compared to the new one and the just the kind of saturated neon look of the whole film is really gorgeous i found where the first one really falters is everything else the characters <laughs> the, the characters um Love uh, Marco Mori and um, Mr. Cancel and the Apocalypse, uh, Stack of Pentecost, yep. Idris Elba. He's, really, like he's Ron, really cool. I like Charlie Day and Ron Perlman. Love Charlie Day. Ron Perlman's a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel bad saying the characters about I guess I'm mostly just talking about like the lead, yep. Charlie Hunnam, who's, yeah. you know, I don't want to say charisma vacuum, but <laughs> yeah. nothing can get out of there. So, um, And there's weird stuff with all these Australian accents that just don't quite work. Yeah. Um, they're quite distracting for Australian audiences. Other people probably wouldn't notice, yep. but... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. It was the scale, the attention to detail, the production design of the first one, mm. I feel is stronger mm. than Uprising. Mm. But the story, the characters, characters the, the everything, humor, the, yeah. they, they completely flipped the switch. The, yeah. All that stuff went down and yeah. all the other stuff went out. It's a shame they couldn't get it right in both, but yeah. um, or get both right in both. Um, yeah, so I, I did not like the look of this movie from the trailers. The last trailer, now that you mentioned, I do remember looked a lot better. Um, the initial trailers, though, I was like, "Wow, this looks like uh, new Power Rangers." Yeah. Um, just yeah. Uh, so you know, I sat down to watch this movie. I actually chucked the last one on like six months ago, and I turned it off like half an hour in. I'm like, yeah, right. I can't get through this, man. It's just, I like this world, but yeah, it's just not working for me. Um, I'd like to give it another go sometime, but yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie. I think I might like it um, on whole more than the original in a lot of ways. Um. I don't know, maybe one day I could watch the original visually and have the audio of this one on, and yeah. it's a great time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a really good time. I was really surprised with the story, which again, we'll get into specifically in spoilers, but um, I thought it was a really interesting uh, angle to take it from, because I really 100%. was worried that it was just going to be like, it's happening again. Yeah. But they, I thought that it's one of like the best premises for a sequel I've, I've I think so as well. seen to come across. Yeah. I thought it was really inventive and clever. Yeah. And, um, but it still was the same bad guys and good guys. It, it, it just flipped a little bit. Building on the world really yeah. well. It actually, what well, this movie felt a lot to me like was um, a television pilot for the spin-off to the original film, which makes a lot of sense coming from Stephen S. Knight. There's a lot of characters being introduced. There's um, a slight shift from the characters from the original. We're kind of moving on to new characters, introducing a lot of new ones, and just a lot of plot threads going on that don't all get terribly well-serviced throughout the film. But... Um, it, I, I think it works more than it doesn't, and it's something I would like to see more of. I would kind of wish it was a TV show if you could do something yeah. like this on TV. 
Because, um, you know, the characters I really liked. And You're liked right, to follow it them. does feel like a TV series. Because mm. that's one of the weaknesses I feel of it is there's some really great concepts and some really great arcs set up mm. and they mm. don't necessarily all get paid off. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it's serviceable and it's interesting. Mm. I think somebody that really just elevates this film is John Boyega. Movie star. He's a fucking movie star. Watching him in Detroit last year was the first thing I'd seen him, first non-Star Wars thing I'd seen him in since Attack the Block. Um, and I'm like, this guy has got it. And watching him in this, watching the trailers, I was like, man, why is John Boyega slumming it? I feel like he's going to hurt his career here, but he's so great in this movie. He is so captivating. Mm. Um, really charismatic. different to Finn. He's like very different, so different, not just accent. He's got hair that goes like up a bit instead of Finn's like short. Yeah, I love his um the his hair design. He's got that um, shaved shaved bit inside. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. But yeah, he's just like he's not as um I guess uh, bumbly. (laughs) Yeah, bumbly. Like he's not kind of a goof. Yeah, Yeah, he's a cool guy and a bit of a bit of a yeah bit of you know people get the better of him, but he kind of rolls with it. Yeah. Yeah, just really charismatic. Um, funny. I thought all those jokes were really funny. I, I funny. People are complaining a lot about the jokes in this. Oh yeah, and uh, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was definitely a, like the first one. I don't remember being funny at all. It had like one or two bits. Charlie Day, obviously. Yeah, and um, his mate um, had a lot of uh, play. But um, regardless of whether it was, I don't really remember it as that. But this one, I thought I was laughing throughout. Yeah, so which is really fun. Um, but, you know, when it kind of got dramatic, I thought there was some good stuff there as well. Um, speaking of Charlie Day, I thought he owned this fucking movie. Yeah. I, I'm the biggest It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan. Um, so it's funny seeing him, like, clean-shaven in this. It was very disturbing. But <laughs> um, but he, I thought he was so good and really built on the kind of stuff they were hinting at in the first film with him in very interesting ways. And it felt like he was just making it up as it was going along, like just doing the, the old uh, Tony Stark ad lib. Um, which I thought was a lot of fun. He yeah, he, re- he, he references um, the the iconic cancel cancel in the apocalypse bit yeah, at yeah, one point, yeah. which was just hilarious. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I I, I felt um, I was re- very curious about where they were going to go with that, mm. and I think they went in a really cool direction. And one of my favorite parts of this. Yeah. Um, some people are saying they didn't like that. Mm. I'm not really sure why. I thought there was a really cool way to go. Yeah. And there was one particular scene where he walks into his apartment mm. and the way that scene unfolds. Mm. like it's, So it's kind of the reveal scene. Fantastic scene. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed fucking that. Fucking awesome. Um, so we have uh, white guy number eight, I believe, Scott Eastwood yep. in this. I um, he's number seven. Yeah, maybe he got bumped up yeah. recently because um, they, they, they swapped out uh, what's-his-face for the first one. I literally can't remember. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, um, yeah. Who they referenced very briefly in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, Scott Eastwood I thought was good. He was um, just doing his thing that he always does, but I think they utilized him quite well. They took the piss out of him a bit, which is the best way to use Scott Eastwood because he's, he's a good actor. He's a crazy handsome dude, um, super fucking built. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's just kind of a stuffed shirt generic dude yeah and i think that's what his character was yeah and they lent into that and john Boyega was the sassy kind of like guy with x factor yeah and they got a history to their relationship that works very well and there's a a tiny hint of a love triangle plot going on which i thought was barely there but very funny when it paid off oh man (laughs) such such good moments from john Boyega. yeah 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 yeah. that was confusing (laughs) (laughs) yeah gold um so yeah Scott Eastwood's in it. <laughs> um, Rinko Kikuchi comes back as Marco Mori. 
Um, bland. Under- I'm glad she was in it, but bland. I'm glad she was in it. Underutilized. Not that, you know, they didn't have much to do with her in either film, but... I will say, though, there's one scene that really hit me in the feels. Mm. Really hit me in the feels of that character. Yeah. Um, oh, it's when her dog dies. It was came out of nowhere. It was this weird 20-minute scene, the subplot. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was even harder. That was crazy. Uh, she had a bad day. Um, yeah. One of the things I really liked about the first one was her, and especially her relationship with um, the lead, white guy number six, um, where the, it wasn't really a romantic thing. I thought it was just really cool that they had this character who was just kind of a character, yeah. <laughs> which was rare. And it actually led to the, um, you've heard of the Bechdel test, Um it's about whether a movie has two female characters with names who talk to each other at some point about something other than uh, a man. Right. It's it's a really interesting kind of measurement of just, you know, it's not like a pass or fail thing, but it, it's just kind of interesting to see which films actually yeah. do don't have that. You'd be, you start actually trying to pay attention to that. You'd be amazed wow. how, how many, like look at the MCU. You so rarely get a woman talking to a woman about not a man. Wow. Um, but um, yeah. So I've never they, heard of that before. Yeah. The, uh, the reason I bring it up, sorry, is because uh, Pacific Rim, spawned the Marco Mori test, which is about having a female lead who isn't a love interest to, to the main character, which, um, yeah, I think it's cool. And this movie does a bit of that as well. Yeah. Um, with a girl who I couldn't tell if she was 12 or 25, but uh, she, she's in it. Um, and she was good. Uh, the, the, the child character, the girl, she was yeah. kind of like the, the girl in Transformers 5. Um, but that, way better. That kind of fame, but so much better, yeah. Like, not not annoying. You compare this kid to the Dark Tower kid and it's like yeah. chalk and cheese. Yeah, they have like a they have like a Jaeger youth training program thing. It's very Ender's Game, it felt to me, except yeah. with some personality. Um, and yeah, so kind of, kind of following her and, and her with these other kids yeah. as they're learning how to become Jaeger pilots. I thought that stuff was good. Unnecessary. I don't know how much it added, but... Um, it was just like, it was like a, maybe three to four scenes yeah, of it. Yeah. Maybe my memory serves me mm. incorrectly there, but I will say that it was a small component and it was, I wanted to see more. Yeah. yeah I wanted well, to a, see more of every part of this. And I think that goes back to what you originally said. TV show. A TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this feels like the B cast on, on the, the pilot episode, you know, the guys who will be following in episode three or something. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jing Tian as the, um, Xiao, Xiao, yeah, the, yeah, the Xiao Chinese actress. She's been cropping up a bit lately in, um, some of these, uh, co-financed, um, Chinese American films. Badass, um, I thought. I thought she was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, th- and they kind of lean in one direction with their character and then go another one. And yeah. I, I quite liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It was good. Good, um, banter with Charlie Day in a few scenes. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Um, I think that kind of covers the main yeah the main thrust of the cast. We I, I should we should mention Burn Gorman because that's an awesome name. Uh, he plays Gottlieb. Um, Is he Charlie Day's counterpart? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a weird looking dude. He's man. An odd man, and that that looks you know, like a deformed Michael guys. Shannon. He looks like he a, can get more deformed. <laughs> looks like a salamander, <laughs> yeah. which I guess Michael Shannon does too, doesn't? Um, yeah, he, he they kind of got a bit their, more screen time in this. I felt. Yeah, they they Charlie Day definitely took the the lead on it again, but they they kind of have their little double act, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so a lot of strengths to this movie does in a lot of parts feel like, again, coming from a TV director, it's not, um, it's not gorgeous in the way the first one was, No, but the special effects I thought were a lot better than they looked in the trailer. When we come to our big climax scene at the end, which it's probably the only memorable action scene in the whole thing is it's not that action heavy. This one, I think it was a reduced budget, quite a reduced budget on this, but, um, I thought it was pretty cool. And a lot of the choreography was great. I mean, um, this is a far, far cry from uh, the hallway scene in Daredevil 
in terms of production. But uh, I think there was some really interesting fighting from little uh, Gypsy Avenger and such. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the weakness of this for mm. me is um, it's when I go to these movies, I want to see mechas. You know, I want to see mechas on kaiju or yeah. any anything in between. Yeah, and um. That's what I feel like they really nailed in Pacific Rim One. Yeah, like that's yeah. it was one. it was gleeful. It was just that Hong Kong fight. Yeah, with the and, the ship and and they, as we said before, they sacrificed on story to nail that component. Yeah, I mean that opening shot in the first scene where it goes to the fishermen on the um they they're on the shipping boat. This mm. is right at the beginning of the, of Pacific Rim One. Yeah, and they look out to sea and they see this fuck off kaiju coming straight towards them. Mm. I mean the scale just feels immense. Yeah, the CG work feels better than it is in this. Yeah, and yeah. this one has a bit more of a flatness to it. Yes. Even the actual pods in which they they pilot the Jaegers mm. doesn't feel as sophisticated or yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't have that same clockwork kind of vibe that Guillermo del Toro gave the first one. Mm. So it missed that. But on the whole, like all these story elements that we'll talk about in spoilers, mm. um, interesting ideas brought to the table. Mm. A real um, expansion of the world, which um, you needed for this franchise because... Uh... The first one, you know, was so tantalizing. It hinted to a lot of stuff, especially where it went right towards the end. Um, we kind of got to see a little more of that, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, is there anything more you want to mention before we move into... Um... I would have liked to see this in IMAX because I feel like I didn't give it quite a fair shake because the first one I saw in IMAX in uh, in New York City because I'm a cool guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw it in Sydney. Yeah, it's a bigger IMAX, I think, yeah. actually. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, this movie is not like don't rush out and see it on that screen because it's not the, the spectacle that the first one was. But I think it would be cool to see it anyway, just for the finale at the very least. Um, just shout out to Sydney in this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out because it was in the first one. Yeah, um, and it's prominent back. Australian characters. Yeah, it, it's a big, big role in this movie, yeah. which was it's cool shot to see. In Sydney. Actually, shot here this yeah. time. Yeah, so the um the geography of of our our hometown was not horribly mangled yeah. like it was in yeah. the first film which didn't bother me i don't really yeah. pay attention to that stuff but a lot of people really took him out of it really yeah i was like I, I was sitting in darling harbor in sydney like oh you know like this is fun you yeah. know don't take it too seriously yeah yeah totally yeah it's, it's fun to see uh like this is the image of the the sydney harbor bridge with these massive turrets on it yeah. it's really cool <laughs> really fun yeah, I, and I love. I always give a movie, you know, I'll give it an extra point just because it's sentencing, you know, we've had The Matrix, we've had Power mm. Rangers, and that's about it. <laughs> Let's add Pacific Rim Uprising to the list. Yeah, cool. That's a, that's a great triple yeah. feature right there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into spoilers, huh? Yeah. Um, oh, unless you want to give a final... Um, I guess my final thing is uh, Worthy Successor definitely didn't bring it home in terms of production design spectacle. Mm. But I think it had some really cool components. Great lead from John Boyega. Mm. Maybe not everything got tied up as nicely as I would have liked. Mm. But on the whole, a really enjoyable movie experience um, and a fun movie. And I can imagine, you know, somebody around the age of ten. Holy shit! This is the shit. Yeah, this is it. Um, I'm I'm really glad to hear that because I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't think the original was a home run by any stretch. I don't think this is either. But I think it's like you said, worthy successor and does things very differently. It's not just retreading the same, not even in terms of just story and stuff, but the the strengths and weaknesses, it's really doing it differently, which is... Um, Agreed. Yeah, just a fun compliment to the original. Um, don't rush out and see it. If you didn't like the first one, you're not going to like this one. Although, as I said, I think I like it more. But um, yeah, 
I recommend. Yeah. Anyway, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's jump right into to Charlie Day's character, I think, because that's that's kind of the main thrust of this whole movie is he um, drifted with a kaiju brain in the first one. Yeah. And so he's been sort of infected with the what are those guys called the the outsiders the others the, yeah yeah the, what alien. are the aliens from the yeah. other the other from the other side of the other uh, breach yeah um so he's secretly working as we find out later to um essentially destroy the world which is so cool and it's Charlie Day so he's just hamming it up like crazy yeah. like him in full on villain mode is so much fun I loved it yeah it was awesome like just he sold it man just screaming with that screechy fucking voice of his so good it's and like a yeah chipmunk yeah 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 so really cool really interesting role for him to be playing in a movie you know the guy who's just like the low key comedy sidekick i tell you what mm. um when that first rogue Jaeger arrived, mm. there was something they what they did really well is it felt like there was something off about it. It yeah. wasn't just a Jaeger. And then the re- I thought that was done really successfully mm. and really kept my intrigue. And then the reveal that the um, kaiju brain was piloting piloting it, mm. I that that was such a good way to so go. So cool, yeah. So they're they're kaiju, but they're robot kaiju. It's so Killer. cool. It's if like something out of Evangelion. Or yeah, that's exactly what say I that thought. Way. Yeah, um, you know, just loved that. I thought that was mm. such a cool way to go. Mm. Um, and they went so heavily into Jing Tian being the villain after the first attack in a hilarious yeah. scene of Charlie Day just like, I don't know about yeah. this, um, that when they, they flipped it on its head, I'm like, that was like, because it was so on the nose. That was such a good way to go with it. Yeah. Uh, I was just so impressed with that way to go. Mm. And it was, as you said, it wasn't just, um, you know, Kaiju coming through the breach. Again, yeah. Like, it was Kaiju done in a different the bre- way. The breach... Only opens very briefly when when Charlie Day sort of opens it to bring a couple of kaiju through. Like it's not just like another attack from the half. Guys. That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. so good. Yeah, one of the portals closes on on, on a kaiju as he's halfway, halfway through, through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, um, it's uh, a small thing from the first film that they expanded on really nicely. Yes. to make into a, a a great villain arc. I thought totally because it was it was blink and you'll miss it in the first one. From what I remember, it was just like Charlie Day. Clearly, there's been some after effects. But then, yeah, when we get the scene of him going back to his apartment, talking to his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. It's just, yeah, it's like a living kaiju brain in a tube. Yeah. Just, like, all tentacles everywhere. And he, he's drifting with it. And it's like and he's Jack's just... Jack's in. It's ha- like... Jack's off. It's yeah. like he's just having sex with it. It's... Oh, man. It is so bizarre. It felt like something out of a Del Toro film. Yeah. Something really off-key and... Um, I really appreciate it. Very fun. That. Yeah. I could imagine people getting kind of turned off by it in, like, it was a weird direction to go, but very fun. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. And... um. I don't know. The, the, so when we get to the the finale, we have the the kaiju transformers that all link up into one. I dug that. It was cool. The way the robots are involved, the little robots that kind of sewed yeah. them up together. I didn't yeah. realize what was happening as it was kind of going on. I thought they were being healed so individually, right? Yeah, but it was because yeah, stitching it together. Yeah, stitching the three of them together in, into this massive one. I thought that was great. Yeah, like the Megazord. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, they did lift a lot of things from Power Rangers. I felt totally, yeah. but you know, we haven't had a great Power Rangers movie yet, so. Yeah. Keep doing that. Um, the, uh, the 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 final fight was cool. There was enough to it to keep it interesting. A lot of different yeah. stuff happening. Um, that kaiju got like sliced to fucking bits. Yeah. The 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 absolute end where they like punched down from space. How did they aim it? That was one thing that I didn't quite. So they just. I felt like Kick he just kind of set it up and yeah. then just like. Get a bail. Hopefully, punch, it hits it. Punch the coordinates in. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that what did this bother you at all? Mm. Um, 
the final scene where you see the the city streets and there's people getting stomped on and and then you know like literally 30 seconds later so like everyone's underground like, in the bunkers yeah, the city's evacuated yeah and the, the last shot we saw was people not getting into the bunker yes. like this guy like running back out is yeah. like cuz he couldn't get in in time <laughs> it, it did, like it didn't bother me the movie was really gun shy about showing collateral damage to people yeah. to human lives which i think the first one was probably the same yeah like you see people running you don't specifically see people getting crushed or anything yeah. which is fine i'm not i'm not there to see that um i like the big fights i don't want to be Man of Steel style, thinking about all the people in those buildings. Yeah, I felt like that was their little sort of asterisk. A little Batman v Superman. Yeah, just like we can. Thank God the working this. day is over. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of felt like that to me, but yeah. it it didn't seem to bother me too much. Yeah, it was just like take it or leave it. You know, it's like it's it's how we have it's the cost for this big fight. And the production design feels if doesn't feel like Earth now. It's got a cartoony anime vibe. In yeah. a lot of ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels so it like away with it. ten years on from from you know this huge event split in our history. Yeah, um, there's a lot of similarities I think between this and um, Independence Day, whatever that was called, too. Um, Resurrection, resurgence, resurgence. Is it called that? Anyway, um, ID four two, uh, which God. was awful, awful film. I boycotted that. Jeff Goldblum was great, but um. But yeah, that had a really interesting, like, this is the world 20 years after the this alien invasion and yeah. how we've taken on technology from that. And that was some interesting stuff um, that the movie did not capitalize on at all. But um, I thought this did a bit of that the same. Like, just as I was saying before, when you see Sydney and it's all just, like, turreted up and just ready for the next attack. We didn't see the wall from the first one in this at all. No. Is that just gone? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But they, I, found, I thought they found a, a cool way to weave in the title of the film, which I always like, <laughs> Pacific Rim. Which Where was that? So when, when they actually, when we find out what the kaiju's plot is, they're going to Mount Fuji, which is oh, yeah, not yeah. dormant, apparently, and they're going to explode the Pacific yep. Rim. Yeah, right. Um, yep. Which is... Uh, Bring it uh, back. Yeah, it felt like a, um, a, a good way to work that um, back in, so it's not just called Pacific Rim for no reason. Some people, it's interesting you say it reminded you of that um, Independence Day 2. Mm. Um, a lot of people are seeing similarities with Gundam. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Gun- Gundam appears in it at one point. Yeah. Um, but the, I guess the sort of warfare, you know, some, there's some, some minor subtext on, um, you know, warfare and, and these different companies profiting off. Mm. Drone, drones, drones are the yeah. hot button thing at the moment. Yeah. Every, every blockbuster has got to have a drone thing. Uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't really realize what they were trying to say about drones. I was like, "Yeah, it was very why are these over. why are these bad even necessarily? It's just it's kind of a buzzword for a bad thing." Yeah, nowadays, thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> I want to talk about drones? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of what else. I, I I really like that theme, that main theme, that like that really big horn section yeah it's got almost like this stomping rock and roll kind of like yeah. led zeppelin yeah. um uh god the song is escaping me right now um p diddy uh, oh you for um, godzilla yeah um was it come with me or something um, oh whatever so that's whatever the, it's um it's that like, really thumping um um great Great theme, I thought. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to well. see that back from the first one. Yeah. Um, Not I, used as much? Yeah, I could have used more of it, but um, 
It's it's a good one. Yeah. I, it's anytime a sequel actually does do some work bringing back the theme from the first one, which doesn't happen often enough. It's good to see. Yeah. God damn it. Marvel. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, if there's no more spoilers you want to discuss, mm. um, one thing I will just quickly mention is I really like the first scene with John Boyega. There's no, it's not really that many, Ye- there's not really Jaeger as per se uh, from memory. It was like cool, cool physical set. Mm. Uh, I like that. I mm. like that scene. Yeah. A, a lot of this felt a bit like practical. Like that. Yeah. Which was really good yeah. to see. Um, was that just him recounting, like narrating, and yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not my father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. What um, do you see potential for Pacific Rim three? And uh, like, are you intrigued? This for movie one? ends almost exactly like Independence Day two, where it's like, all right, fuck this, we're coming for them, and it's it's so um, it's so you know brazen, and it's like we're, we're coming back, we're doing another one, um. I mean, I'll happily watch another one, uh, absolutely, um, if it's like a, a really sequel to this one in a way that this one isn't to the first one. Like, if I would happily watch a very direct sequel with all these characters and, you know, all this story. Um, I don't um, I don't know if it's going to happen. It, it, it entirely depends on how well this does in China. The third one's probably going to be a full-on Chinese movie at this rate. Yep. Um, just uh, one more spoiler, actually. Um, Marco Mori gets offed in this. Which is, yeah, yeah, that's the bit the the one that hit me in the feels. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, when he, the you know the Jaeger kind of leaps to catch her and just misses. Yeah, she's in the helicopter. Down the helicopter. Yeah. Um, hadn't seen, hadn't really ever seen anything like that before. Mm. I thought that was really inventive and mm. conveyed the emotion well. And she fucking explodes. <laughs> They're like he looks like running to the helicopter. I'm like, mate, <laughs> look yeah. at that inferno. Get back in that Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. Keep fighting. <laughs> yeah, um, a bummer. I, I I can't say I'm super attached to the character, but it's. Always sad when you have, you know, a, a sequel end, change a happy ending uh, in that way. Um, but it was it was well handled. And I really liked the kind of relationship between, the sibling relationship between John Boyega yeah. and her. I thought yeah. that was an interesting dynamic um, that you don't really see. Um, but a shame. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. Uh, I think we're both on the same page. Here. I think go that's it, it for out. the Pacific Rim franchise, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. I think I have a good feeling about it, man. Mm. I, I have a good. The reaction's feeling. been very mixed. I haven't seen any. Oh, I actually haven't seen any positive reviews. But this, I think it's boot, it's the first uh, film to boot uh, Black Panther out of the top spot. Okay, so. that's that was a high bar to cross. Yeah. So that's cool to see. Um, so hopefully it does well, and we get Pacific Rim three and. Mm. Bring back, bring on some. Maybe I think Stephen Esther Knight was a good choice, but I'd love to see somebody who's handled this kind of spectacle before. Yeah, come in, come into. It's play. a good franchise, I think, to have kind of a changing roster of directors, yeah. um, each putting their own spin on it. Yeah. Um, in honor of uh, Connor, I'm just going to go way off topic here. Um, Black Panther just became the highest-grossing superhero movie of all time in America. I saw that domestically. domestically. Crazy. Yeah. Insane. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's our Black Panther That's news That's our Black episode. Panther news update. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back next week uh, with another review. Just looking up what we're going to be reviewing next week. Hold, hold, hold your horses. Hold uh, your horses. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be an interesting one. Yeah, so we'll see how we go there. Uh, I feel like we're all going to be very tired for that yeah. one. Very, very tired. Yeah, we'll be back as a trio next week. Oh, yeah. We'll see you then, Benny. See ya. Bye.